is happening now? We're about to send you back to the Rebuta! <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Future, the show in which we take a classic film that one of us, or both of us, might not have seen before, and we take a look at it now. I'm Drew Bridger. I'm Amber Inch. And to give you an update on the ongoing saga of whether or not we're going to die while making one of these episodes, as you can probably hear in the background, our little fan has joined us for the third episode in a row now. If you listen closely, you can hear him. It's a little fan. I'm going to keep making that joke until someone... Oh, no. No, here's the thing. I feel like I have to keep making the joke until someone tells me to stop. I'm the person that's telling you to stop. Okay, well, that's all right then. No, if you don't listen, you'll do it again anyway. Well, I might do it again at the end of the episode (laughs) to sandwich it, you know? Because you've got to sandwich (laughs) the joke, you know? Make sure that people have... uh, have heard. Everyone heard. <laughs> <laughs> so it is getting cooler now, isn't it? It's starting to... It, um, yeah, it is. The the big round hot boy in the sky <laughs> is starting to calm down a little bit now. Yeah, it's kind of cooler. It's just muggy now because it's wet. Uh, we had rain for the first time in ages. So yeah, it's it. finally rained now. <laughs> I don't like it. You don't... It's, it's, you're not a fan of anything that's really happening in the outside world at the moment, are I didn't you? mind the weather. I didn't mind the warm. I liked sitting outside when it was hot. Yeah. And then you and then we sat outside for like a minute too long. We're like sweaty now. Go go inside. I know, but it's <laughs> nice. This. It's still nice. It's nice to look at though, isn't it? I don't like this when you look out and it's grey and dark at three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, no, I mean, we're not quite at that stage yeah, yet. Yeah, we are. We were today. It was raining. Oh, yeah, it was dark because it was raining. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But it is still a little bit on the warm side. It's uh, it's quite overbearing at the moment. It's like it's gone on for but ages I don't think it's now. too bad now. But where we sit gets quite warm pretty easily to record these in, so... We're having a fan go for a little while longer so that we don't pass out mid-episode. Although I think, I don't know, it might be getting to the point where we have to do that for content. I don't know. (laughs) That's a bit sad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that we've reached our peak as far as episodes go. I'm not saying that we've reached the peak. What I am saying, though, is that we might have to start stretching for content at some point. When we reach that point... I don't know. I'm just saying one of us might have to pass out mid-episode in order to generate some content. I don't know that a visual gag is very rewarding on a podcast, though, to be honest. No. No. But I think I feel like the sound effect of it might what have... What sound to... effect? <laughs> the distinct sound effect of me falling onto the you floor. You wouldn't fall, though, because you're sitting in a chair. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you I can, fall. maybe I can fall in a way that I take the chair with me. And I don't. Maybe. We are headed back in our way back machine, this episode, to a year that we have well established at this point in the podcast as being maybe one of the better years for things to have come out of it. I mean, 
We're talking the year the Robocop came out. We're talking the year the Predator came out. We're talking the year that I Don't came out. Came no. out. Oh, thank you for thank you for stopping me there. That could have gone one of a few different ways. We're going back to 1987, and we are looking at Raising Arizona, which is a film that I've heard so many things really? about. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I actually have. Where from? (laughs) Well, I've heard it on many different fronts. So I've heard it as... I've heard about this film as being one of Nicolas Cage's better moments in his early acting career. Maybe not his (laughs) highlight (laughs) of what he's been known for. I would say the most well-known thing that he's known for is obviously being Ghost Rider. I mean, yeah. There wasn't a single person that didn't like that film, you know? Ghost Rider? Yeah! Oh yeah, are you being sarcastic? Yes, I am. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm glad that you caught that. (laughs) I kind of did. (laughs) I mean, it was so good that it got a sequel, Amber. So I mean, that that's true, how good though. Ghost that's Rider why I'm was. Confused. Yeah, I know. I, was, <laughs> I mean, I was being a little bit sarcastic there, but I mean, in fairness to him, Nicolas Cage is such a big Ghost Rider fan. He actually has a Ghost Rider tattoo, and he had that before he played Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, you obviously ended up playing a role that you were pretty desperate to play. At I mean that, point. that yeah, um, that's fine for him. But what else? What what are all the other? What? <laughs> Do you want to finish that thought there? Did you? <laughs> Press one for English. <laughs> um, I. <laughs> You lost the 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 sheer presence of Nicolas Cage in your mind made you lose complete track of your thought. uh, Oh, he winds me up. Oh, okay, okay. That's where you were going with that thought process of the tattoo. He just winds me up because he just makes it doesn't matter what character he's playing. He just makes it the same character. He just makes it whatever. Like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's just stupid. Don't you think it's stupid? I mean, not really. I Ghost Rider is a... basically this guy, really. I I think that he's. <laughs> I I I don't. I don't think I would agree with that. <laughs> I don't think I would agree. Yeah, with he that. just. Plays, I think he's he just a. Plays uh, everything the same every time. Every I think time. he's a. He's a. There's no distinction between what characters what because he just goes full throttle into shouting about everything for no reason. I th- I thought he played this film very calm and collected. I thought this was actually a film where he was very, let's say, subdued in comparison to some of his other wilder ones. But that's ones. because he was beaten down. He was actually, like, weird. I think he actually had kind of comedy timing mm. in this film. Like, he ha- his reactions... The things in this I felt were very like comedically on the point of you know his timings of things I, I thought that you know for a lot of this film I kind of felt like hmm what do I want to say yeah exactly what what you <laughs> he was able to get a lot of feeling 
of what he was going through across without having to do a lot, I guess, is where I was going with that. Mm. Like, there are certain points where it's just... He doesn't really have to say a whole lot, but you know what's going on with him. Yeah, I suppose. I, just, oh, I don't know. Yeah, this wasn't too bad. This wasn't as bad as he is normally. Obviously, yeah. this was early on enough that he hadn't decided that he was going to be just shouting 24-7. Yeah, it's, it's because early. Because now, if you yeah. watch him in a film now... Everything's like 100 miles an hour at volume up to 11. Chewing the scenery. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, but here's the thing. I think that Nick Cage, like once or twice early on in his career, got a bit of a reaction yeah, from him having really gone the whole hog and gone a little bit wild and chewed a bit of scenery. Yeah. And he went, oh, man. Nobody stopped him. I got this re- Well, and so actually, now what it, what he it, just pushes yeah. it a little bit further and further and further each time because nobody said, well, oh, don't do that. <laughs> do you not think that you need to, they like... They give him a bit of leeway and he just took just took it. Uh, Nick, um, you're, you're all the way up here yeah. at, like, 11. I need you to dial it down to, like, a six for Yeah, me. can you imagine somebody actually saying that to him, though? I that would think, just make him worse. Yeah, bro, he'd probably come back the next time and be like even more. Now I'm 15. Yeah. <laughs> I think the one that really did it, the one that everyone kind of noticed and realized his cageisms, shall we say, mm. was in the remake of The Wicker Man. Oh. And because that was such a bad film. People kind of latched onto it as his that. reactions in that being so <laughs> outlandishly big that I think because people latched onto that, he decided to go, oh, okay, people really respond to this. Yeah. So I'll do more of this. Yeah, but what the heck? Like, he's made it his whole person. I mean,. I don't want to say he's made it his whole personality now because actually I think this is his personality and he's just bringing it out into his acting now. I think it's... I, so I don't think it's the other way round. I think it's that way round. I think he was always like how he is now. It's just that he's been comfortable enough and proven enough that he can do it whenever he wants now and no one's going to tell him no because he's so accomplished now. He's, so he's it's always just got like, it right, I'm going to let myself go now yeah. all day, every day because that's what I want to do. That's the person I am. No one's going to tell me to stop because I'm Nicolas Cage now. <laughs> and like people kind of started laughing at it a little bit, making memes out of it. And uh, I don't know whether he even realised at the start that people were taking the mickey. I think he probably just thought... Oh yeah, this is this is different. This is out there. Like people really respected him for it. That's not what was going on, though. I like that you kind of have this idea that he's always got this side of his personality, like just below the I surface. I think that's just him, though. I think that's just him. That's how he is. Even in interviews, he's absolutely mental. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but I th- but again, and I think, and I'm guilty of this. I'm not going to say that I'm not guilty of this. All right, because I absolutely am. But I do think that part of the wacky, the part of the reason that he has this side of him and that people latch onto that is because it is a little bit like, 
oh my god, he's larger than life. What's, What's he, he gonna, gonna do, do next? next? Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. And, and that's why but I that's am so though, interested. That's weird. That's I like mean, volatile. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying he's a horrible person. I don't know. He probably isn't. I'm not saying he, there's anything like actually wrong with him. No. But it's just too much. See, this is the thing. I, I think you're right. Okay. And I think that also what you just said about him not being like a horrible person about it. I think that's also true. I think that I get the impression that he is this kind of wild personality and he then decides to channel that into <laughs> his acting i heard For somewhere no reason though i heard and he's somewhere getting that yeah worse. he's doing it on purpose worse i heard some i heard somewhere and i don't know how much validity there is to this because it sounds like the kind of thing that would have been started by internet rumors about him but is actually on the side of being believable mm. that actually people have gone, oh, did you know this about Nicholas Cage? I heard he has a personal tarot reader. That's probably true. Right? That comes around and basically, like, reads his tarot every so often and helps him decide what roles and what audi- and everything to go for next. And he basically says yes to pretty much every film offer that comes through because he will either then go and get a tarot reading on which ones to follow up on or he will go he'll have already had the tarot reading that is basically saying say you're gonna have a job come through you need to say yes to it Right. So that's kind of why he says yes to so that, many things. Because there are a lot of people who have their own personal, you know, whatever's, personal tarot person, personal, like, psychic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Personal crystal healer. Right. They have loads of things like that. So I, I would believe that that is true. I don't know about saying yes to everything until they say yes or not. I yeah. don't know. I mean, but, yeah, probably. But I don't know how I don't know how much validity there is. I would to that. I would probably say yes, that's true. But <laughs> I mean, the guy talks about shortbread a lot. Uh, I came dressed as a can of shortbread. I have a can of Why shortbread. Why did he say shortbread so much? <laughs> say shortbread more. It's like because he just learnt the word for it today. I think we need to start providing links to these on our social <laughs> medias when these episodes come I'm out. I'm sure so everyone that... knows what we're talking about. He was at a film premiere once and he looked like a can of shortbread. And no, he didn't look like a, a can of shortbread. He was just wearing a tartan suit. I don't get why he's looking like a can of shortbread. And just started going on about eating shortbread while he was in the UK. Oh, I love <laughs> shortbread. Every time, I'm in the, every time I'm in the United Kingdom, I go and get myself a can of shortbread. <laughs> Obviously, we can take one thing away that Nicolas Cage isn't lactose intolerant because you can't have a whole can of shortbread if you, you are. Definitely can't. <laughs> no, we learned that the hard way, didn't we? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, as we do every episode, we get the person that hasn't seen the film to give a rundown of what they thought the film was going to be about before having watched the film. Say film more, Drew. <laughs> shortbread. Um, <laughs> thanks for popping in, Nick. Oh, no. It's like he was actually here. Oh, I mean, he it? actually was, yeah. It was, 
I mean, he's gone now. You don't look, don't look for him. He's vanished back into the furniture. It's okay. So we both haven't seen this film before, and I was not surprised that you hadn't seen this film because it's Nick Cage and it's the Coen Brothers, which oh, put together I didn't know that. isn't your go-to style of film. What else did they do again? Well, it's funny that you ask, Amber. It's funny that you ask because this is not the first appearance of the Coen brothers on this podcast. No. No. Would you like to take a stab at what other film we've watched that was also by the Coen brothers? Fight Club. No. Mm. Although... I can't remember then. I would, although I can see why Fight Club would be out there enough that you would think that. That's actually David Fincher. Mm, no, it's The Big Lebowski. Oh, oh yeah, John Goodman. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> second appearance of yeah, John that Goodman. Makes sense. Getting a little bit more John Goodman in our lives. Yeah. It's always good to have a bit of the man. Mm. See that? Oh, good. hi! Ah, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, Don't. that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I... See, here's the thing. This is why I make these jokes, because every so often you get I get a bit of positive reinforcement out of you, <laughs> and I think, oh, this is what the people want. So I'm gradually turning into Nick Cage. Oh, no. Because every time I have a little no, bit of positive yeah. reinforcement about doing something kind of bad, I go, oh, this is what the people want. Did I say that I wanted that, though? Oh, you, oh, I got a little bit of a laugh out of you. I got a little bit of a reaction. Mm. I don't know. I know. I didn't realise what you meant when when I laughed, though. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> good to know. I didn't really know what I was laughing at. I just felt like it was polite to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been in one of those situations where you still don't get the joke, but you just laugh <laughs> so that the person will stop telling it? <laughs> this is every episode for me now. Yeah. God, what is real? What isn't real? When have you ever genuinely laughed at something I've said? How will I ever know? I'm going to have a crisis of confidence now. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I know. I'm going to have an existential crisis live on the podcast, so <laughs> that's going to be fun for you. That'll, gonna that'll be something. Get to deal with me having an existential crisis. That's going to be... Uh, I mean, hey, you know, it's better content than just passing out, isn't it? So. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, so I'm just going to sit here and question reality for the next 45 minutes. Oh, Hope that's no, okay. Uh, no. Right, okay. <laughs> How am I supposed to bounce off that? <laughs> <laughs> I love that the concern hasn't come from my fragile state of mind, but instead, have you having enough material <laughs> to bounce off of and come back with. Because if I just sit here and question reality for the next 45 yeah, minutes... what am I you... supposed to do? <laughs> what... what am I supposed to do? I want that on a T-shirt. <laughs> what That's what's going to go on our... That's going to go on our match. <laughs> no, I am quite surprised that I haven't seen this film before. The amount that it's been spoken about. And I feel... Here's the thing. And it's no bad thing. But I do feel like if you don't like Coen Brothers movies, you're not the kind of person that's ever really done things like film studies and script writing and things like that. You know, things that I've 
done previously. And that's not my opinion. <laughs> that's what I feel like society is oh, saying. Okay, right. I see what you mean. You no, know? I was going to say what. You're a bit. Ahead. You're a bit up yourself. <laughs> no, but but that's exactly. You don't exactly... like this film, so you haven't done the right studying. <laughs> but that's exactly. And how... I have, so I do. <laughs> This is, these are the intellectuals film lovers. But this is the thing. <laughs> this is the actual thing. This is what I feel like yeah. people view the Coen brothers as. Maybe. And Maybe people are just like, oh, you just don't get it. Th- right. But people right. that say that also yes. don't. That's what they say. Isn't they? I like, think they say it to cover themselves. There are two <laughs> kinds of people in this world. There are people that get Coen Brothers movies and there are people that just don't. I think I'm the just don't. I and here's the thing, I do get Coen Brothers movies. Like I can see the comedy side of their films. I've watched Fargo, I've watched The Big Lebowski, I've watched Raising Arizona now. <laughs> and I've I have watched these other films that they've done. Burn After Reading, I thought was actually a very good film. I liked Burn After Reading. And I like the funny side of their films. And Fargo, I am tempted to show you at some point because there's this really weird conspiracy theory surrounding Fargo, right? That actually Fargo was based on a true story. Mm. And... The, there's this buried treasure surrounding the story of Fargo. It's a very, very weird thing. It's not going to get into it, like, right now, because we'll be here deconstructing it for ages. But there's documentaries made about it, about how people believe that, you know, there's... I don't even know what it's about. Yeah, exactly. But I do feel like the Coen Brothers' style of comedy isn't, like, my go-to style of comedy like i'm not gonna put a coen brothers movie on when i feel like having a laugh at something no you know when i feel like sitting down and having a really good chuckle at at something i'm not gonna watch that i didn't laugh at this film no i'm gonna watch (laughs) something like scott pilgrim versus the world because that's one of my all-time favorite films it happens to be a comedy as well and I know that I enjoy that sort of level of humour. Now, some people might argue that the absurdist, surrealist kind of humour that's involved in Scott Pilgrim is just an amplified version of the unusual, absurdist, dark humour that's involved in Coen Brothers films. To which I would argue back to them... Shut up, no one asked you what your opinion is. I'm talking about Scott Pilgrim. (laughs) It's usually my answer to anyone that says that. Shut up, no one asked your opinion. But neither of us had seen this film before. No. Is what I'm getting at. And that's why I'm kind of surprised that I haven't seen this film because I feel like I should be more into Coen Brothers films than I am. Right. So what did you think the film was going to be before watching it? Um, I didn't really know. I saw that there was a picture of him holding a baby, so I just assumed that because he looked a bit haggard, 
maybe it was about like a kind of down and out guy who lost his wife or girlfriend or something or the mum of the child ran off and left him with the baby and he had to look after it himself or something right that's what i thought it was right i like that you describe him as looking haggard and that's actually just nick cage yeah well (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i mean what i thought it was going to be was something very similar Mm. i i thought it was going to be about a young couple having to suddenly raise a child yeah and the mishaps that go along with it like they're suddenly landed with a child out of nowhere Mm. and they are kind of hicks like they don't really they're not from a class of society that you would expect to be expecting to raise a child Mm. they you know they they live in a trailer which they did in this film they live in a trailer and they're suddenly landed with a baby so i mean you know i wasn't too far off in my thinking of that this is kind of embarrassing actually i went into this film knowing that i hadn't seen it not realizing it was a coen brothers movie until the film started and it started rolling and i thought it was going to be a very different style of film initially and then i saw that it was a coen brothers movie and I thought, oh, this is going to be very different to what I thought it was going to be mm. entirely. I didn't basically. even see that it said Coen Brothers on it. Well, here's the thing. They're not technically credited as directing this film. Oh. They only ever put that they wrote and produced it. Oh, right. I mean, they did direct it, but they're just not credited with directing it it's oh, it's weird. i know it's strange so yeah it's a little it's a little bit odd but then that's the Cohen brothers that's joel and ethan cohen for you they, they 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 do things like that are they old now i don't know that they're old <laughs> i mean I, I mean what would you define as being old i don't know 60s that's old for filmmaking. No, no, <laughs> no. They're not. Um, they're not at like Spielberg or anything kind of level of having been directing. I mean, this was nineteen eighty-seven, and this they must was have been really young then. Then, because that was yeah. like thirty odd years ago. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they must be nearly nearly sixty, surely. I think so. I think this was relatively early on in their outing as yeah. directing, and I think this is also one of the things that kind of started to put Nick Cage on the map. Oh, great. We've got them to thank then. (laughs) We've got the Coen brothers to thank for a lot of things Mm. as well. (laughs) As a short aside, before we get too much into the actual talking about the film, as a short aside, I've got a little bit of a story about the Coen brothers that I thought that you might like. So, I don't know if you know this, but do you remember the Garfield movie that no. came out? <laughs> well, I remember it, but I never watched it. Okay, so you know that Bill Murray signed on to be the voice of Garfield. Oh, no. I don't right? Know. The only reason that Bill Murray signed on to be the voice of Garfield is that when he got the script through, it had uh, Coen Brothers on it as a Coen Brothers movie. Mm. And that was the reason that he signed on to it. Turns out, it's an entirely different set of Cohen brothers. Nothing to do with Joel and Ethan <laughs> Cohen. He thought he was working with Joel and Ethan Cohen. 
Oh. And he wasn't. And that oh. was the only reason he signed onto the film. And that's why he drastically regrets having <laughs> signed onto the film. It's just purely by coincidence. Why couldn't he say, no, I'm not doing it anymore? <laughs> he why already, he just like, say, signed the why contract. Why didn't he just say no? Yeah, but come on. I think it's like, no? it's kind of bad form to sign on. I mean, on it and... is, but also... Yeah. Oh... <laughs> Can you imagine? That? So what did it say then? Just what did it? It can't have said the Cohen brothers. I think that's really misleading. I think it said uh, that the script, either the script Mr. was Mr. written Cohen. by, <laughs> yeah, or it was being produced by Cohen brothers or a Cohen brothers production or something. But it turns out they had nothing to do with it. It was a different. Well, we should do his research better then. <laughs> yeah, I think they might have spelled it differently. I think they might have spelled it with an hate with an H or something in the middle. I'm he not, I'm not entirely sure. Research. Probably, How probably. Terrible. But I heard that and I thought that was absolutely hilarious. What an like, idiot! <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not often that Bill Murray makes a really bad choice in films, well. but <laughs> there we go. We interrupt this show to bring you a brief word from our sponsors. Amber, I would like to tell you about Greenbird gift baskets. Cool. Cool, you're interested? Interested. Excellent, I'm glad you said that, because Greenbird gift baskets is a small local business based in Southampton offering gourmet gift baskets beautifully hand-wrapped in biodegradable cellophane. They use products from small local businesses wherever they can and are perfect gifts for weddings, birthdays, baby showers, or simply as a thank you. We are passionate about supporting small local businesses who offer delicious products and share our values on sustainability. There is a selection of baskets available online, Greenbird gift baskets at square.site, and all baskets are totally customisable for dietary needs and tastes. Greenbird gift baskets offer sweet, savoury and mixed baskets as well as picnic boxes, and prices start from just £25 for a gift basket. Amber... They can even add wine or fizz for an extra special touch. Collection is available from Southampton or they can deliver to surrounding areas. So visit Greenbird Gift Baskets at square.site and check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Greenbird Gift Baskets. Oh, and make sure to tell them that Back to the Review just sent you, yeah? And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. So, Raising Arizona, what did you make of this film overall because I, I obviously got the impression like m- most of the way into it that it wasn't your style of humor because I was laughing at some points because mm. I was like oh, this is actually like a little funnier than I thought it was going to be it had an, a little bit more of an air of satire about it which you know I get behind but obviously it wasn't your kind of thing but mm. what did you think of the film in general I don't know. It's I don't I really don't know how to describe it or say what I thought about it because I'm just like I don't know. It's difficult for me to talk about. Do you think? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm not really sure. I don't I got a bit bored. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> I did it. I said bored. it. There you go. I was bored. <laughs> oh, and and like what point did it kind of start to lose you? Oh, um I don't know. Quite early. <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> it was just oh see i wanted to show you this film because it did get nominated for awards yeah nominated yeah 
<laughs> I mean, a lot of Cohen Brothers films do get nominated for awards. You'd be, you'd be surprised. Yeah, nominated. You know, that... oh. <laughs> yeah, nominated. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know really what I was expecting from this film. I feel like it was a tight one hour thirty. Hmm. Yeah, like, I don't want to complain about things because obviously the things that they do are for different reasons and it's just their style of film. So I don't want to go, oh, this is that and that's... But still, it kind of is part of, like, the things about them that annoy me. There's just, like, silly things. Like, why would you be crying at work when you're doing your job? Why are you crying? (laughs) Like, why was she crying? Oh, my fiancé left me. Right, yeah, but why are you crying now? Like, save it for later. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, you're going to marry him even though all you've done is take his picture three times. And the reason why you've taken his picture is because he keeps going back to prison. So why is that somebody that you're going to get involved with? That's weird. And then, uh, like, the people... The premise of this film annoys me. Yeah, but, like... She's only met him a few times, and she knows he's a convicted... Why would she get involved with someone like... but she hasn't even met him a few times. The logistics of this film. No, but she hasn't even met him a few times. She literally took his picture, said a couple of words to him, and that was it. And... Oh, it's just irritating. I just find it irritating. (laughs) I just found that annoying. There's just things like that that just, like... I know it's kind of silly for silly's sake type thing and to like to move the story along and it's like why are you questioning that part of the film when you're watching something that's about people stealing a baby or whatever but I mean to be honest I didn't choose to watch the film so don't say that to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know. but yeah so to be I don't fair it was complain. my choice this, like, this this was my mistake I so. don't want to complain about these types of things because like I said it's like everything is on purpose or it's a choice that they've made but it still kind of gets on my nerves. Right. Like, and why... Oh, he was going in to steal the baby, so he picked up all of the babies. Why? Why was it, Why did he keep picking them all up? I The impression that I got was that he was desperately trying to, like, settle them I know, them but all he again. wasn't picking them up and then putting them back down in the bed where they would be comfortable. He was picking them up and then putting them on the floor and stuff. It's like, obviously, if you pick up the child to calm it down and stop it from crying then you put it on the floor where it doesn't want to be, that's not going to help. Yeah. I don't understand that. And that was really getting on my nerves. I was like, why does he keep picking all of them up? And then he didn't eat, he left without one. <laughs> he didn't even leave with one. I did find that scene kind of funny, actually. That was weird. It was weird. It was just that he was And the parents to, like... obviously don't go upstairs and check why the, all of their children are crying. Obviously. Yeah, I know. And again, this is where the the Cohen brothers aspect of things I feel comes into it because it's just like weird humor, you know, like not absurdist. Yeah, and I don't know but... that we would I don't know that we saw whether he opened the window himself to get in or not. But if you go up to check on your kids or babies and the window's open and you didn't open it, you would notice that and you would go and close it and then you'd see a ladder there and be like, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah, you were, yeah, and I mean... <laughs> so I don't know what was going on there. I'm not going to say that they've thought this through very, very well or anything, but I mean, they like, must have. There like... must be, obviously, it's just, yeah. it's just a film, isn't it, you know? But even so, it's like, it's those things that just get on my nerves. So, I've got a couple of bits of trivia if you want to know whether they're worth the time no i don't oh, okay right. <laughs> but 
But I, th I figured, you know, uh, I'd look through and find some shit. It's all crap. Yeah, I don't know. Why is it always so rubbish? Well, I don't know why. I mean... <sighs> Somebody do something on set or do some... Like, just do something. So next time we actually have trivia to talk about. Yeah, I don't want to call out IMDb on our podcast. It's not IMDb's go, fault, it's just, though. It's not their fault that nothing happened when they were making this film. <laughs> it's just that, you know... I can't it, believe that nothing happened when Nicolas Cage was making a film. Though. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, you know... According to Ethan Cohen, Nicolas Cage was crazy about his Woody Woodpecker haircut and that it reacted to H.I.'s stress level. The bigger the danger he's in, the bigger the wave in his hair gets. I mean, it's like... Wow. Uh, uh. <laughs> like, I could tell that from That's bloody painful. looking at the film. <laughs> what, you mean like when somebody's distressed, their appearance gets worse? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's like, okay... I mean, I've got to say, I did, like, his hair in this film... Yeah, it was crazy. ...was miraculous. Do they do things that are, It was so like, majestic. Do they do um, things that are, like, farce? Is that their thing? I don't know I know, know it's not really supposed farce. to be farce in your face, obvious. But, like, that, when he was I mean, running yeah. away from the police and then she was getting in the car and then she, like, went too far and then someone actually was shooting him and then they were driving and he was in the road and yeah. that's, that's a bit like da, 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 I do da, feel oh. like out of all of the Coen Brothers films that I have seen two I, I, no I've seen a few I've seen a few others as well alright I, I do feel like this one does fit into the farce that you're talking about the most yeah. So while I would in general say no, I don't think that they go for that in the films that they're making. I do feel like this one is the closest to that. Yeah. So yeah. Just yeah. had like low elements of it. Yeah. Man, you hit the nail on the head there. Like you really yeah, nailed you this. You film. said no. No, but I mean, it is like you are right in picking that up about this film, and I think this is like, yeah, and it actually why I does can't fit. Understand what I I can't understand what. It's probably why I don't I immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's probably why in general I don't immediately associate this with being a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, maybe. Because it's it doesn't feel like a lot of the rest of their films. Yeah, I don't really understand what was going on there. I don't understand this film. <laughs> I don't really. I don't even understand. <laughs> no one told me what the rules are with this film. I don't even understand the story though. Yeah, I mean, what's 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 to understand? They, I they, don't know. I mean, you know, they they stole a baby. They feel a little guilty about it, but they still want the baby. His convict friends try to rants, hold it for <laughs> ransom while the other guy's getting a bounty hunter to find them. And then they just Yeah, but did he actually get a bounty hunter, though? That guy just turned up. And where did he turn up from? Like, Nicolas Cage had a dream that this guy was going to turn up, and then this guy turned up. Yeah, that was weird. I know, this that is what I mean. That was weird. So, the first time that you see the guy outside of his dream, I'm like, oh, he didn't dream that. He yeah. just, like... His dream is it's just established at that point that he has dreams that are kind of a little bit predictive. But you just saw that happening 
at the same time as him dreaming. Like, all right, okay, right. fine. Right, I get that. It's just like, yeah, but where did this guy Where did the guy come from? from? He literally just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's meant to be this, like, weird, hellish bounty hunter that's exaggerating because he did say oh i don't know whether it came to me in a dream or whether it was a vision as if like he yeah. could not see the future but he was imagining that somebody was going to come along and be like the downfall of his plan or whatever which is fine but yeah it was just weird he just turned up out of nowhere and started helping like yeah really weird i did find it weird that the first time you see him he's riding a bike with flames going behind him and i was like oh ghost rider yeah clearly <laughs> like, this is this is this is why nicholas cage wanted to be ghost rider because of that guy yeah probably because of this guy <laughs> not because of ghost rider well partly because of ghost rider <laughs> as well i mean didn't you know he's got a ghost rider tattoo oh yeah i didn't yeah. know that so here's another oh, later dismiss Ah, see, this is another reason. IMDb, come on, you got to sort yourselves out. I don't want pop-up <laughs> Leave ads. them alone. Well... Get the app, then. I do have the app. Oh. That's what I'm saying. I've got pop-up ads oh. coming up. Oh, that's... Yeah. I know. <laughs> I would rather be using AMDB. Well, this would have no trivia. The, Am- the Amber's, movie, Amber's movie database. I'll just make up trivia. Shall yeah. I make, I'll make some trivia up for you if you well, want. Well, I'll give you another bit, and then you yeah. can make up a better one if you want, because, <laughs> I don't know, you might have something to go off of this. The relationship between Nicolas Cage and the Coen brothers was respectful, but turbulent. When he arrived on set and at various other points during production, Cage offered suggestions to the Coen brothers, which they largely ignored. (laughs) I like this one, actually. Cage said that John and Ethan have very strong vision, and I've learned how difficult it is to accept another artist's vision. They have autocratic nature. Joel replied that he understood why Cage would make that statement. What does autocratic mean? I don't know. (laughs) I don't think that Nick Cage knows. He must do. I think that was his word of the day. (laughs) He he follows Susie Dent on Twitter and that was what she said. They have an autocratic nature. Saying that it was a lot of fun working with Nick, but that some oh. of his improvisations clashed with their vision and had to be edited. His improvisation, yeah, because he was probably going, baby, baby, <laughs> like literally all the time. And they were like, that isn't, that's not what we want. <laughs> Just dial it back a bit, Nick, okay? We're going for subdued nature here, yeah. all right? We're going for subdued comedy. That's yeah. what our whole shtick's going to be going forward in our entire filmmaking career. Is like subdued, subversive humour. He was humor. too crazy. And he was just a little bit too much. However, the Coens clarified that they would much prefer working with an actor who, like Cage, possessed a fertile imagination over one whose performance needed to be kick-started. <laughs> Apparently, autocratic means taking no account of other people's wishes or opinions, domineering, and relating to a ruler who has absolute power. So basically, he was saying that they didn't listen to anyone else's opinions. I can get that. I can get yeah, that the Coen Yeah, but he's saying that because they didn't like his improvisation. So right. then he's like, well, they don't listen to anyone. No, yeah. they just don't want you and your wild, crazy shouting yeah. in this film that's actually quite, like subdued in a way like it's mellow because it's like you're supposed to be you're supposed to be beaten down by this and like oh trodden down and like lost your spirit because of your life you're not supposed to be hit up and shouting and excited 
Yeah. See, I get the impression from that that it is a little bit of a clashing between two different minds. Yeah, probably. And like they said, like they would rather work with someone that they can get a performance out of rather than someone that they've got to like, you know, drag something out of, you know? Yes. So they don't have to like prompt him too much yeah. in order to do something. Mm. But I also do feel very very much and and this i get this sense from every single coen brothers film that i watch particularly evident in things like no country for old men right. or oh brother where art thou maybe even in big lebowski they've worked with some challenging people haven't they i think they've worked with challenging people but also i get the sense that they go into making a film with a very very clear picture yeah. of what it is they want and they go we you know don't stray from the formula yeah you know that i get that me, but they then need to yeah. just choose the right people to do it instead of people that are just gonna be him and go off like mad right exactly and that's probably you know, why. i mean maybe it was because it was like quite early on in the in his career they didn't really know what he was doing or what he liked to do but I mean, now especially, you would know, oh, if I want things to be low-key and regular and, and, like, the vision that I have is, mm. like, mm. straightforward, don't choose Nicolas Cage to be in it. <laughs> like, if you're saying, oh, I don't know where I want this to go quite yet, I want yeah. somebody who's got, like, a over-ambitious yeah. personality, <laughs> yeah, do we get know? him along. Who Fine. do we know who we can give a script to and we can just roll the cameras and just leave them rolling and just see what happens. Yeah, and some people Who do we know like that? Like that? Who do... I know. <laughs> that's, but that's why. That is the exact reason why all of his films end up the same. Because they let him go off and his improvisation is to just go like hog wild. Right. And shout and get angry. And so that is why every single time he does that, it's always the same. So right. then... The outcome in the film, always the same. See, I really... Uh, see, I so, so want to, to sit you down and play The Rock for you. Um, because I why really love... Why do you keep love... making me watch Nicolas Cage films? See, but this is the thing. I've, <laughs> I, feel like I've, I feel like I've fired the Nicolas Cage flare gun a little too early with this film now and I'm going to have to leave it a long while before we revisit any Nicolas Cage film yeah because I keep having to watch him and it gets on my nerves and I just I felt like if maybe Raising Arizona went down well with you I'd be like oh great okay cool we can watch another Nicolas Cage film I like he like wasn't now. that bad in this film I understand he was because they were reining him in the entire yeah. time so he wasn't that bad but I do not have the like power to sit through him and his crazy irritating acting i feel like it is vital for science reasons to watch the rock eventually. i had to watch face off and you he did. was supposed to be you playing did. john yeah. travolta's character yeah. in the way that john travolta would have played mm -hmm. him and I've never seen John Travolta, like, go bug-eyed, raise his voice when it's not needed, yeah. veins popping, like, shouting for no reason. I've never seen mm. him do that. And that is all Nicolas Cage did in that film. He didn't do it right. He just did whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. 
poor John Travolta had to then sit there and go, oh yeah, we both tried really hard to capture each other's personalities and, and all this sort of stuff and style. I was like, no, he didn't. You did, yes. And he then had to just go and say, oh yeah, he captured me really well. He did really well. Knowing full well that he didn't, he probably sat and watched that and went, when have I ever done that? Contrary, though, I do feel like John Travolta did a really good Nicolas Cage impression. He did the best, yeah. because obviously, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I feel like, I feel like I've uh, slipped up here, really, and I've screwed myself. I don't know why, myself. because like, I've said so many times, I've even said on here a lot of times, he gets on my nerves and I can't stand his acting like that. I've said it so many times. So why do you keep making me watch Nicolas Cage films and then sit here and go, oh... Oh, I made a mistake there. Yeah, it wasn't... Why, though? Because I told you ages ago. I've told you so many times. Well, no, I mean, I feel like I've screwed myself out of being able to watch The Rock anytime soon is what I'm getting at. Why? What do you mean? Because The Rock is a... Oh, well, do you watch it regularly? That's going to that's gonna really mess up your schedule. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have to have my biannual watching of The Rock. <laughs> biannual. Yeah, you know, I've got to watch it every so often, top myself back off. But I feel like I feel like with The Rock, you know, Sean Connery, the performance of Sean Connery cancels out mm, Nicolas Cage and it just I makes it, you know, it makes it more watchable. I don't know. Well, I mean, both of them are watchable for me personally. I'm like Nicolas Cage and Sean yeah, Connery. Yeah, because you think it's hilarious. I think it's great. I think it's great. But I've obviously screwed myself out of being able to watch it with you for the purposes yeah. of the podcast anytime soon. So. Yeah. I, it was a gamble. It was no. a gamble with this film. Maybe you should have done that before instead of this then. Well, here's the thing. I thought this one would pay off better because it's a tight one and a half hours. Yeah. And The Rock is around two and a quarter. So I felt oh, like... Oh, no. I felt like I would have lost you a lot sooner with that, just on the premise of it being a longer film. Yeah, I don't know. So what trivia did you have? I don't have any trivia. You said you were going to make some trivia. Oh, I forgot. Oh, okay. All I right, forgot then. that I said that. <laughs> um, Sorry, I can cut all of this silence. <laughs> no, don't leave it in. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all thinking here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got a good trivia. Oh, okay, right. Um, do you remember when he was in the shop in the convenience store, like? I I, I gas remember station, that station. That's what it's called. Yeah. He was in the gas station buying um, nappy. Well, buying, pff, stealing nappies. Yeah. And I he put tights on his head. Mm-hmm. Those tights used to belong to Bette Davis. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, see that's interesting. I know that is interesting, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> Imagine being able to dig out those tights that belong to Betty Davis. No, and... he had them already. Oh, he had. Oh, so he. Stole them off of... That was one like, idea that he said, can I use these? And they were like, actually, yeah, that's that's fine, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. This is a, See, this is the kind of trivia that makes it onto Amber's movie database. Yeah. You know, this is this is, is the actually kind of, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> that's a cool thing to know. Yeah, I know. And did you know that... <laughs> Okay, I'm liking this humour already. No, no. Th- this trivia this already. This is just for me. Okay, all right. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact. The baby actually yeah. grew up to be Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd believe that for some reason. Yeah, because all the rest of them are the Baldwin brothers. <laughs> 
Well, apparently there were like 15 babies no, that they had. there's five for, Baldwin uh, brothers. Yeah, well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I believe so more likely... where has 15 come from? <laughs> well, all right, yeah, okay, all right. Okay. I, see what you're, I see what you're going for here. I'll play along with it, okay? Yeah, all of the babies were the Baldwin brothers. Yeah. He grows up to be Stephen Baldwin, yeah. Wow. I oh, know. They grew up quick. <laughs> what? <laughs> they grew up quick. <laughs> This oh. is 1987. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, wait. So they grew up pretty like, quick. When Viva Rock Vegas came out, he was probably like... I love that our timeline is always measured by when Viva Rock Vegas came <laughs> no, out. No, it's because Stephen Holy Baldwin's crap. in that film. Yeah, I know. So I was thinking, when he came, when that came out, how old would he have been in relation to this 1987 thing? <sighs> 1987 when yeah. I don't even know when Viva Rock Vegas came out uh, really wow I mean that surprises me <laughs> I don't know <laughs> the one thing that you don't know about the film I don't really know anything about the film I just uh, watch it um, wow <laughs> it's got to be like early 2000s I'm going to say like 2002 or something probably so how old you probably do know this really you just don't no, know that you don't. know this no I actually don't so I mean yeah it's how old I would have been how old would it have been 12? how old would I have been in <laughs> 2002 13 or something 15 <laughs> 15 great wow <laughs> he would have been 15 yeah he didn't he didn't look 15 <laughs> I like he the... didn't really look 15 in that film <laughs> no no I don't think we can legitimately buy that uh, this um, is one bit of trivia that uh, Amber's movie database has fallen short on I'm no afraid. we can still say it oh we'll still no say it no one's gonna question no. that are they yeah no one's gonna remember who's in I mean, this is the thing. If you tell someone a fact quick enough that sounds legit and then just walk away, you're not around for the thought process afterwards. Go, hang on, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Oh, maybe I should think of somebody a little bit um, younger then. That that child grew up to be Taylor Lautner. (laughs) 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 I still like the idea that that was a baby, though, that grew up to be somebody famous. Yeah, yeah. I mean that would be that would be cool. I like the whole fact that this film started like the timeline of this film started the day after I was born. Yeah, that's funny. So yeah. that, so literally so those babies are pretty much well, no because they must have been like one at least. They would have been a year old um in the film. Well, I cuz well, they t- they were said toddler. They had all their teeth. Yeah, they did have all their teeth, but they weren't like walking up and walking or anything, but I don't know. But, I mean, obviously, I thought it was kind of funny that it said Wednesday, 12th of April. Yeah, And it that was 1987. Weird. I was like, I was born, like, the day before So, were this you born one. on a Tuesday? I guess. Oh, <laughs> You didn't even know. I guess. I mean, That film been. might, they might not have um, said that it was been actually in 1987, though. That's true. Look up That's your birthday true. and see if it was oh, a I'm Tuesday. Gonna, I'm gonna, what am I going to do? Dig out a calendar? I mean, it's not like I walk around with Literally. a calendar in my pocket, Amber. Literally. I mean, I would literally, I do, don't I? Shh. Literally Google. <laughs> there we go. Uh, oh, apparently it was a Saturday. Oh, okay. So it was God, Joel and Ethan Cohen, get it, get you, pull your finger out. So they were whale. At least get it right. So this was years before 1987. God. So it took them ages to tell this story, didn't it? Probably, yeah. So he wasn't actually born in 1987 then. He were this baby was born like so say he he was a year old anyway. Could have been like six or something. So uh, Stephen Baldwin would have been like twenty when Viva Rock Vegas came out. Yeah, that's fine. 
Ah, it sounds legit. <laughs> it sounds legit enough. Yeah, that's fine. We'll we'll, we'll go with that. It sounds it sounds like it's legit. But this is what this is what I'm saying. Like, if you tell someone a fact and then just walk away quick enough. Yeah, because if I'd actually said, "Have you seen Rays in Arizona?" and you and you went, "Yeah, I have actually." Oh yeah, you know that baby? He grew up to be Stephen Baldwin. That's crazy, isn't it? And you would have gone, "Yeah, that's yeah, crazy." Yeah, that's mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. <laughs> and by that point, by the point that I get that, hang on, wait a yeah, second. Yeah, I would have gone. On you're already else. out the room. I'm you're already about gone. Else, yeah, you're already talking about something else. <laughs> I think that could be. I think that could be right. I think we should start that rumor now. This is just how we start spreading misinformation. Although we say to people, "Oh, have you seen Rays in Arizona?" No. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Me all right then. All right. <laughs> Just pretend we haven't seen it. <laughs> no, that's what the other people would be saying because nobody else has seen it. Yeah. So I mean that basically the crux of me showing the, you this film with came down to, well, you know, it, it's it's pretty well regarded as being. A yeah, good I'm film. not saying it was a bad film. Obviously, um, people like it. I suppose I just didn't really like it. It wasn't yeah. a bad film. There was nothing actually bad or wrong with it. I just didn't really like. It just didn't really click with me. Like, no, not your kind of humour. Well, I don't know about that. It's just not. It just wasn't really my. Where, I don't know. Where would you rate this in relation to The Big Lebowski? Yeah, I didn't really like that either. Did you not? No, I didn't find that funny really either. Okay. So probably about the same. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I definitely like Big Lebowski more. Yeah, I still didn't really laugh. I don't really laugh at that. I. Don't I I I find Big Lebowski very funny. I feel like the the cult following that Big Lebowski has. Yeah, this didn't really get that, did it? No, no, not really at all. But the, I suppose because like the characters weren't really there. These were just regular people. Yeah. Didn't have like one character that you could kind of latch to. on and be like oh look at this guy he's a slob but he's just going through life cool and relaxed you know like, yeah there wasn't anything that you could yeah really really like yeah it's just regular people i don't know and it was definitely a lot more subdued nick cage you mm. know not his not his later years nick cage no. so how long do i need to leave it before we can before we can do oh, the rock? years oh great Okay, screwed myself Two out of that Two years at least. Well, I'll tell you what, maybe some interaction might convince you, I don't know. If we get some people interacting using our hashtag BTTRpod no. and saying, you know, <laughs> The Rock yes or The Rock no, no. maybe maybe we'll total that up. Maybe it might swing I'm the I'm just going to make loads of fake accounts and just put The Rock no over and over again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, maybe you can also be the person that makes the deciding vote on the the official, unofficial Lizzie McGuire podcast. I already as well. made my vote. It's a yes. Okay. Well, I have also had a brief thought following on from our previous episode as well about the merch. Yeah. Our merch plan. All right. Yeah. So at the moment, we've got three different ways of interacting with the show. All right, using the hashtag BTTRPod. Okay. So we've got The Rock Yes or The Rock No, if you think it's a good or bad idea, respectively, to show Amber The Rock, and if you want us to watch that. We've also got Merch Yes or Merch No, <laughs> as to whether you would buy a t-shirt that said, I would rather be watching. Why don't you call it Merch and Dice or Merch and No Dice? Oh, man. Because I didn't think of that, okay? <laughs> because I'm not clever like you. <laughs> All right. 
Is that what you want to hear? No. I'm not, because I'm not smart like that. <laughs> because I didn't think of it. So I did think of this, though. Yeah. You know the t-shirts that you get sometimes that have the sticker on it that says, Hello, my name is yeah, blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you should have one that has that sticker on it that says, Hello, I would rather be watching. And it's just a blank space on the sticker underneath oh, and you can, can literally write, write, write it on it. That's yeah. Funny. So you can literally write in Sharpie whatever you would rather be watching. It's definitely It's not. such a simple idea. But yeah, then on the idea. but then on the back of the t-shirt in really small print right at the bottom we do still have Stephen Baldwin has a Hannah Montana tattoo <laughs> yeah. written on yeah. it that's the unique selling point of why the t-shirt why do we always end up talking about Stephen Baldwin so much because you bring up Viva Rock Vegas <laughs> and we also have Lizzie McGuire yes and Lizzie McGuire no if you yeah. would like to hear the unofficial the official unofficial Lizzie McGuire podcast where we do running commentary episode by episode of every episode of Lizzie McGuire. And then after Lizzie McGuire is done, because I'm, I'm trying to think of what we would do for our hundredth podcast of that, right? Of that? Because there aren't a hundred episodes of Lizzie McGuire. How many episodes are there? I don't know, there's like 60, 70. What? I don't know. No, I don't believe it. But then after Lizzie McGuire. Oh, we do the movie. We do the movie, right? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But then after we cover all of Lizzie McGuire, I reckon we go on to do that So Raven. Oh, that is long. Worth it, though. Hannah Montana's better. Worth it. Well, okay. I mean, we could do... I mean, it would be a toss-up between which we do next after No, I that. think if you did Lizzie McGuire, you'd just have to stop after that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. It's a limited-run podcast. Yeah, it is. The ending is in sight when you do one, that. You know? The ending is in sight. But that was a little bit of an idea that I had. What do you think of that for the merch? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, because then you can write whatever you want. People, yeah. are, people would say rude stuff, though, wouldn't they? Well, probably. <laughs> Provided that it's family-friendly, let us know what you would put on that <laughs> T-shirt. And, you know, maybe if we get it going, people need to, like... Get Why not just say Spider-Man 2 the whole time? Yeah, it's always going to say Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 all the time. Maybe what we should get people to do is find these stickers that say, hello, my name yeah. is, but cross out my name is and put, I would rather be watching and then put what film they would watch. And we'd see yeah. how much of a call there is for them to be t-shirts as well. But that was just a thought that I had. One of my oh. wild pontifications. Were you in the shower? I was in the shower. <laughs> I actually was. That's no word of a lie. I'm not just saying that to generate content. If I wanted to generate content, I'd pass out. Okay. All right? I'm not just saying that to generate content. I actually did think of that in the shower. Yeah. That's where I do come up with my best thoughts, actually. <laughs> I have my wild thoughts in the shower. You know, like, isn't Nicolas Cage great? Oh. <laughs> That's one of my wild shower Stop. thoughts I have. Like, isn't Nicolas Cage a talented actor? I'm not saying he's not a talented actor, but I'm just saying he just does the same thing every time. I, I, this has I'm made me... I'm not saying me... he's not good at it. No. He's great <laughs> at being Nicolas Cage. Yeah, no one is. else. I think it's... I think it is a very fair statement to say that no one else on the planet can do what Nicolas Cage does. Well, John Travolta did it once. Once. 
But yeah, you're right. No one else can get away with his tomfoolery. No, no one else can pull off what Nicolas Cage does and at least still get work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you put one crazy person in your film, they turn out to be Ezra Miller, right? <laughs> but you put Nicolas Cage in a film, that's a tolerable level of crazy. Yeah, because right? he's not hurting anyone. Yeah. <laughs> this has now made me want to watch The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent You even wanted more. to watch that anyway, yeah, I was going to say. It's made me want to watch that even more. But, mm. yeah. So I think we should uh, maybe start to think about giving this film a rating. So... As we do every episode, the person that hasn't seen the film gets to give the film a rating. But every episode, what the rating is out of changes. So, do you want to go first? Because we neither of us have seen this. I don't even know what I'm going to give this film. Sorry, but I don't. What are you going to give this film? What's it going to be out of? It's difficult because I know that it's not a bad film, and it isn't. No. So I don't want to say, oh, rubbish, one, you know. So I know that it wasn't a bad film, but it just, I just didn't really, like, like it all that much for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to be harsh, but maybe, like, <laughs> two and a half, because that's, like, halfway. Right, you're so on I the fence So I don't want to say it. that, like, it's a bad film, but I just didn't like it. You're not sold either way on it. No. Okay, what's it going to be out of? I can just see the little buffering logo going in your mind now. <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't anything that they did, was it? Well, shall I... Wasn't anything like that. Well, I'll tell you what. Shall I give my rating? Yeah. And then that might prompt you with something. Okay, so I'm going to give it three. Because I do feel kind of similar to you. I feel like there wasn't anything bad about this wasn't a bad film i did enjoy it it's not my favorite coen brothers movie Mm. like they have done other films that i have enjoyed a lot more and they have done other films that have gone on actually won awards you know so i feel like this isn't that far up on the coen brothers level as it were but it's still like i said it's not a bad film there's some things that i liked about this film i enjoyed it i wouldn't like i said earlier i wouldn't stick this film on if i was immediately like oh i feel like having a laugh watching a watching a funny film this is not a film that would immediately come to mind no so i'm gonna give it three i'm gonna give it three huggies uh because they were clearly sponsored by Huggies. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Uh, this film has just uninspired me for everything. <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> I don't dear. Know. I don't know. Oh, dear. It's uninspired you. Yeah, I'm really not sure. It's not giving me any... I don't even think I understand the point of it. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing about like, a lot of what, what happened? Films. I mean, what even happened at the end? Like, what, so... I mean, we all knew that they couldn't get away with taking a child no. that was already a certain age that everybody knew what it looked like because there was five of them. Yeah. Like, you look at the other four and then you look at theirs and it's kind of like, obviously, that's from the same family and this one's been missing. So, like, they couldn't get away with that for so long. 
No. So, so what then? Like, why? What's yeah, the, it's what's like, the point? it's like, what's the outcome of this <laughs> yeah. one going to be? So there um, is only really like a couple of outcomes it could be. I'll just give it two and a half, bet middle of tights. Bet middle of tights. It was actually Betty Davis that I said first of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna say if it was Bet Midler, that's a, that's a different relationship altogether mm. that, you, that she has with tights there. But yeah, okay, cool. And that wasn't even in the film. No, it wasn't. That was, that was made up. <laughs> Two and a half Stephen Baldwins. <laughs> no. Always comes back to Stephen Baldwin, doesn't it? That's strange. Strange that he makes his way back into every podcast episode we oh, do. Oh, just like Nicolas Cage. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah, funny. How weird. Mm. So there you have it. Raising Arizona gets two and a half tights from Amber and three huggies from me but what do you all out there listening think have you seen raising arizona or is this something that's only really been talked about in your film studies classes as being an, a coen brothers classic if you do indeed go to those classes do you think that this is a classic do you think that this is one of the coen brothers better movies or is it not that high up do you prefer other coen brothers movies Interact with the show and let us know what you think of these as well as whether you think that showing Amber the Rock would be... And that is not a euphemism, (laughs) by the way. That is not a euphemism. Don't go away thinking anything naughty from that statement. I literally mean the film The Rock, okay? This is not a smut cast, okay? Keep your minds out of the gutter, you lot. So do you think that showing Amber the rock would be a good idea? Maybe change her opinion on Nicolas Cage a little bit by blending a little bit of Sean Connery? Use hashtag the rock yes or hashtag the rock no. Are you interested in any merch that we might have or have any merch ideas that we could use for the show? Hashtag merch yes, hashtag merch no. You could also be the deciding vote on whether we go for the official, unofficial Lizzie McGuire podcast. All it takes is one when we count it up with Lizzie McGuire yes or Lizzie McGuire no. And I am going to cap the amount of hashtags we have going at the same time at three. (laughs) I'm not going to come up with another hashtag to use next week. I promise you. All of these and more can be communicated to us via our social medias. I am at Drew Bridger. At Amberin. And make sure to use the hashtag BTTRpod so that we can see all of these opinions and any suggestions that you might have and know when we are being talked about on the internet. Amber, if the listeners have enjoyed this episode more than you've enjoyed raising Arizona, hopefully. Mm. What else should they do? Like, subscribe and review on your podcast service and rate five stars. Also follow at BTTR Podcast on Instagram. Instagram and stars is what we're after because if you want to leave us some good feedback and give us a good rating on your podcast service then please do give us that full, big, fat, tasty five-star rating if you've enjoyed this. Tell some of your friends as well, or just download it onto their phone without them knowing and have it be a little bit of a surprise. But 
until that next episode when Amber, I don't know if you know this, but to build up for next episode, I do want to get you a little bit excited. Next episode is going to be our two year podcast anniversary. Oh. Yes. Can you believe that you've put up with me for two years no. doing this podcast? Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so that can only mean one thing. And rather than doing a humorous send off, I'm going to do a little tease oh, okay. for our next episode. Because with it being a two year podiversary, that can only mean one thing. What? KFC. Dead. Oh god! Oh, that's wow! I didn't realize we were doing it with a sponsorship now. <laughs> <laughs> KF- KF seasoning. <laughs>